0: This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. G'day. Thanks again for joining us. My name's Nathan. I'm the lead pastor of LifeGate Church. It's great to have you with us today. We're going to pray and then we're going to dive into the word. Please pray with me. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it speaks to us about your will for our lives, how to respond to you. Father, open our ears and hearts to hear from you today. Anoint me for this task to preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, it was midnight. Michelle and I were in bed asleep and our kids were also asleep until Joel, who was two at the time, woke up crying. Michelle, as she did, got out of bed, went to Joel picked him up and took him over to the change table to change his nappy. And as she did that, she felt him and noticed that he was really hot, like really hot. So she called out to me and said, hey, Nathan, I need your help. Get out of bed, Um, help me with Joel. So I went and she said, take Joel and and stick him in the bath. She said, I'm gonna get the Panadol. So I took him into the bathroom, um, closed the toilet seat, sat on the toilet, which was next to the bath, ran the water and stuck Joel on my legs try to take his singlet off it, and at that, he had a convulsion. Wow, that was scary. He started to shake for about, I don't know, 15 seconds or so. And after the 15 seconds, he then stopped breathing. And at that, I was like, God help. It was in that moment where things were out of control. I was way out of my depth. It was a moment of trial where I pursued God. I put my trust in him and say, God, I need you now to move. After I prayed, after a second, he started breathing again. And we called the ambulance and the ambulance came and they took him in. And it turned out that he had a, a couple of um, infections, which led to the cerebral convulsion. And praise God, he was okay. Friends, I want to talk to you on the topic today of this. Benefits of trials and suffering. Now, you might read that title and say, Nathan, what are you talking about? How are, there, how are there any benefits to trials and sufferings? Well, if you think that, if you feel that way, I encourage you to keep listening because I'm going to talk about some of, one of the benefits of trials and suffering. The reality is we all go through trials and we all go through suffering. It could be a financial difficulty where we've lost our job, or the bills are stacking up and we're in financial difficulty. It could be our kids are growing up and they're not behaving in the way that we want them to behave, and we're finding it really difficult as a parent to look after them. Or maybe there's a sickness in the family. Someone's sick, we've gone to the doctors, and they're struggling to come up with a way forward. They're they're really struggling to come up with a solution. And as a result, it's, it's really difficult. People are suffering. Maybe there's a relationship bust up. You know, maybe a marriage bust up or a friendship bust up and things are gone not the way that you wanted. It and it's a real trial and, and it's, and it's really difficult in your life. Maybe you're having conflict with someone that you care about. Maybe it's the, the, uh, the, uh, death of a, uh, the, the uh, death of a loved one, which makes it hard for those who are left behind. Or maybe right now we're in COVID and you're finding that really difficult as we hear about all that's happening around the world and even in this nation of Australia. See, in life, we all go through difficulties. And, and, and for some of us, we can try and solve life, life's problems ourselves. We can try and do this and this to try and fix it. But, but the reality is some of the stuff just can't be fixed. Or we can go another way and cry out to God to help us, to put our trust in Him, to ask God to get involved in our life. To ask God to walk alongside us, ask God to comfort us, ask God to heal. It's in these moments of difficulty and trial we can really pursue God. We can put our trust in him. We can put our faith in him and rely on him for the breakthrough. You know, nobody likes going through difficulty in life. Nobody likes conflict. Nobody likes suffering. Nobody likes difficulty. But here's a thought for you today. What if we saw our trials and suffering as an opportunity to trust God? As I said, nobody wants to go through trials and suffering, but what if? What if we saw the positive in the trial and suffering? And the positive is it gives us an opportunity to put our trust, our faith in God. You know, in life. When when our things are difficult, it's it's natural for us to go to God. If you're a Christian and you've and, and you're sitting and you're listening to this message today, there was a time once when, when when you once heard the gospel message, the the our good news about Jesus. And the good news starts with bad news. And the bad news is, is because of our sin, we're all separated from God and we deserve death because of our wrongdoing. But the good news is that Jesus came and died on a cross to take the punishment that we deserve for our wrongdoing, to forgive us for our sin, and rise from the dead to give us new life. Friends, that is the that is the good news. And, and, and when we hear that, the only way to receive what Jesus has done for us is to put our trust in Him, is to put our faith in Him. So it's only natural that that our, when we work out our 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 relationship with God is busted that we put our faith in him because he can restore it. It's a beautiful thing. It makes sense that if you're a Christian that when, that, that when you, when, when finances are tough, when your, your job is not secure, when the bills are paying up, you pray and you ask God to be your provider of which he promises to be. It makes sense that when someone is sick, And the doctors are struggling to work out a solution. You put your trust in God and say, God, I need you in this situation. I believe that you're my healer. Father, make a way in this person's life. If there's a relationship breakdown, God is the God of peace who restored his relationship with us through Jesus. Then God is the one who restores relationships. And we pursue him and we say, God, I I trust you with this relationship. I believe that you're going to make a difference in this relationship. Or even with the COVID thing, we can say, God, I'm, I choose not to fear COVID, but I'm rather going to put my trust in you as my protector, as the one who is with me, was the one who is my guide. You are for me. We can put our trust in him. It makes sense that in difficult seasons, we put our trust in God. Now, this is true for me. Um, and many times in my life, I've had many seasons where things have been tough. And it's in those tough seasons, it's led me to a place where I've pursued God more, where I've put a a, a greater level of trust in Him, which has built my relationship with Him. Back in 2006, it was a difficult time for me. I, I was working way too hard. I was out way too many nights. I wasn't taking days off. Work was stressful. And I just hit the wall. I just ran out of energy and all this anxiety started to come up within me. I had these horrible thoughts. I went to a psychologist to get help, went to a doctor, went to a neurologist, and they said, Nathan, it's just anxiety. And and, and it was in that moment, it was in that season of anxiety and stress where I really pursued God. I remember one night, it was during Hillsong Conference, I didn't go because I didn't have the energy to go. I remember being in my room on my knees praying, God, I pray for a breakthrough in my life. God lift this anxiety from me, change the way I'm feeling. And it was in that season that I got really close to God and I relied on Him and pursued Him. And, 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 after, and after week, after week, after week, I got better and better and better. It took about a year. And then I was feeling back to normal again. But it was in that season of difficulty where I really trusted God. It's in our trials and it's in our sufferings that give us an opportunity to trust God to put our faith in Him. Because as we put our faith in Him, our relationship with God grows. And we're actually living the very life that, that, that God wants us to live. As we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus lived a life where He was totally dependent upon His Father, where He honored His Father in the way He lived, and He trusted Him for everything, for direction, for food, for, for everything. And the Father supplied Jesus, His Son, with everything that he needed. And it's true for us today that God wants us to trust him, to put our faith in him in every season of life, not just when things are bad. I'm talking about bad seasons and how bad things give us an opportunity to put a greater trust in him. But in every season of life, when things are great, he wants us to trust him. When things are mediocre, he wants us to trust him. When things are bad, he wants us to trust him because friends, faith or trust pleases God. Faith in God pleases Him. When we put our trust in Him, our faith in Him, God is pleased with that. This is what it says in Hebrews 11 verse 6. It says, And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Friends, faith pleases God. It says He rewards those who earnestly seek him, pursue him, put their trust in him. Now, this idea of faith pleases God, this is true for saving faith. You know, the Bible says that when someone commits their life to Jesus, there is rejoicing in heaven. The angels rejoice over one sinner who repents. That God is pleased, heaven is pleased when, when people come to saving faith in Jesus. And that happens when we recognize who Jesus is and what He's done for us, that He died on the crossroads again. When we recognize our error and we ask God to forgive us and we choose to put our faith in Him, that is saving faith. That is the, that is the faith we put in God to, our, to restore our relationship with Him. It's a faith that we put in Him to have eternal life. That is saving faith. But God wants us to have faith in every moment of our life. This passage from Hebrews chapter 11 is in the context of of the writer of Hebrews describing the people of old, the people in the Old Testament, Abraham, Moses, Rahab, David, the the, judges, and talked about how these people were in difficult situations. Abraham wanted a baby. He didn't have it. He was in a trial. He was struggling, and yet he put his trust in God and that is pleasing to God, and saw the outcome that He wanted, that that our God promised Him, the outcome that He desired. See, this faith is not just saving faith; it's living by faith day after day, trusting God for every area of our lives. In this passage, oh, be- before I go back to this passage, I just want to break down this word faith for you. See, when we, when you read the our New Testament and you see the word faith, or you see the word trust. Or you see the word believe in or rely upon. It's all the same word. It's a Greek word called pistis. Faith is to trust God. It means to believe in God. All these words can be used interchangeably. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, this is how it defines faith. It says this. Now faith or trust or believing in God is confidence in what we hope for. And it's an assurance about what, what we do not yet see. Again, now faith is confident in what we hope for an assurance about what we do not see. Faith is relying on God for an outcome, relying on God to walk with us. We we aren't seeing the the results that we want. We're not seeing the outcome that we want, but we believe that God is going to make a way, that God is going to make the breakthrough, that God is going to change. That is faith. That is the faith that the Bible talks about. It's an assurance, believing, I know that I know that I know. I know that I know that I know that my God is going to meet me in this place. He's going to walk with me. He's going to comfort me. He's going to heal me. He's going to give me a breakthrough. And it pleases Him when we pursue Him. Friends, our text for today is from 1 Peter. I want to read you about four verses from 1 Peter. And Peter is writing to Christians who are from a Jewish background. These people were Jews. And they chose to believe that Jesus is their Messiah, what we call today, Messianic Jews, Jews who believe in the Messiah, the Christians. And this is what he says. See, I'm I'm going to read the text, then then we're going to go back to verse 3 and pull it apart. This is what the Apostle Peter writes to the Jews who have committed life to Jesus. He writes this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth, into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief. In all kinds of trials. Verse 7. These have come so that the proven genuine, genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than, worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Let's go back to verse 3 and let's pull this text apart. 1 Peter, verse 3. Paul starts this letter by writing to a, to a few people and then he starts with this, with this, with this prayer of thanksgiving and honor. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For in God's mercy, out of his kindness, he has given a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish or spoil or fade. Friends, it is through Jesus' death that He forgives our sin. It is through Jesus' death that we have relationship with God. But it's through Jesus' resurrection that we have new life. And just as Christ rose from the dead and has new life, we who commit our life to Jesus are born again. It talks about new birth here. He's given us new birth. We are born again. Our old life is over. We have a new life because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we have a hope, not just are we alive to God now, but we have a hope, a future of eternity with God at the time when Jesus returns. When Christ returns to earth, there's going to be a judgment. And, 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 and after that judgment, everybody who belongs to Jesus, every Christian will go and spend eternity with God for eternity. It's this eternity in verse four is described as one that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Unlike the earth that we're in now that is going to perish, that is spoiling and is fading, eternity will never perish, spoil or fade, and that is a promise for everybody who puts their trust in Jesus. Look at verse 5. This inheritance, this is this thing that is in your future is kept in heaven for you. That's what heaven. It is your inheritance who through faith, your faith as you put your faith You are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. At the end, when Christ returns, that is when this heavenly salvation will be revealed and that is for us. God is shielding us, protecting us for that as long as we have faith in Him, as long as we have saving faith in God as our Saviour, God has got that heaven for us. That's verse 5. Then... Look what he says in verse 6. In all this, this, this eternal life, this heaven that is never going to perish, sp- uh, fade, or spoil. What, what John talks about, where there's no more weeping or crying or pain, it is a great city where we will see God face to face, where we will spend eternity loving Him, honouring Him. It's a beautiful picture of heaven with God forever. In all this you greatly rejoice. That's talking about heaven. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Now Paul is writing to these Jews who will become Christians. Now, at the time, this community was going to be um, rejected by the Jews. The Jews were concerned about Christianity. They didn't want anyone to become a Christian. And for these Jews to become Christians, it meant that, that the uh, Jewish people um, were going to kick them out of their community. They may have seen persecution in Hebrews chapter 10, also written to Jews. It talks about the sort of persecution that the Jews had. They had their property confiscated. Some were put in prison. Others were beaten because of their faith in Jesus. And he's talking here about the persecution that the church has, these trials and suffering that they're going to go through. Now, today we have some people who talk about Christianity as the happy, as the happy religion, and if you commit your life to Jesus, well, then everything is going to be okay, and you're never going to have, going to have any problems. Well, friends, that, that is just not true. The reality is we live in a fallen world and Peter says we're going to go through trials and suffering. We live in a fallen world where the Bible describes Satan as the prince of this world, where Satan has influence. And Samantha spoke last week about the spiritual battle we're in from Ephesians chapter 6 and that how Satan is out to get us It talks about in 1 Peter that Satan's like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, that Satan's out there to destroy Christians, to destroy families, to to destroy marriages, to, to, to destroy society. You know, God wants his best and he wants us to pray as Jesus gives us in the Lord's Prayer, pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants his kingdom set up on earth, people living under his authority. God wants people living in love and peace and everyone getting on. That is his desire. But the reality is that's God's will. But we, we're not going to see the fulfillment of that until our inheritance that is to come, that is in heaven. Right now, we are going to go through trials. We are going to go through sufferings. But then look what he says here in verse 7. These trials and sufferings have come. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Friends, the suffering and trial have come that our faith will be that it will be proved genuine. That when difficulty comes, it will it will test us. Do we really have faith in God or are we putting our faith in other places? When difficulty comes, it gives us an opportunity to put our trust in God and say, God, I'm trusting you. My faith is genuine. And then he compares faith with gold and he compares it in three ways. He says, firstly, gold is precious, but your faith is more precious he says the second thing, that our gold is going to perish. Now, he's, the, the, our commentators believe he's referring to, to the end of time. And in, in, in Peter's second letter, he talks about how the world is going to end and it's going to be destroyed by fire. All fire is going to destroy everything and then God is going to rebuild the earth and heaven's going to come to earth, right? It says this gold is going to be destroyed in that fire, but your faith won't be. So your faith takes you past The destruction of the earth. Your faith takes you past that into an inheritance with God forever in heaven. It's beautiful. Gold will perish, but your faith won't. And the third thing he says is just as gold is refined and as it's um, um, heated up, all the um, impurities are removed, so it is with our faith. When trials and suffering come, it's like they are heating. So all the impurities of life, the things that we put our trust in, are all stripped away and we put our trust in God. Trials and suffering bring refinement to our faith. And finally, he says that our faith, once we go through these trials and sufferings that refine us, this 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 our faith that we continue to put our trust in God we continue to rely on God that that as our faith may result in praise glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed now when we when we see praise glory and honor next to Jesus Christ is revealed we think that, that praise glory and honor is for Jesus but the commentators actually believe that praise glory and honor is for us because when Jesus is revealed on that day of judgment sure the, the bible talks about two judgments the first judgment is have you committed your life to Jesus? And if the answer is yes, you get to spend eternity with God. And the answer is no. The Bible says you're separated from God for eternity. It's a horrible place. You don't want to go there. Commit your life to Jesus. And then it talks about a second judgment. And Jesus is going to ask us, what have you done with what I've given you? How have you lived this life as a Christian? And it's in these seasons of difficulty where God wants us to put our trust in Him. It's in those seasons that, that our God is going to judge us. How do What did you do in that season of trial? How did you respond in that season of suffering? Did you put your trust in me? And if we do, if we put our trust in Him, it's going to result in praise for us, glory for us, and honour for us. They are rewards in eternity as we live a life that pleases Him, honouring Him, serving Him. Friends, the reality is trials and sufferings, Give us an opportunity to trust God. Trials and sufferings give us an opportunity to trust God. God wants us to trust Him. So as you think about your life, what are some of the difficulties that you are currently going through? Maybe it's a financial difficulty. Maybe your kids aren't doing the things that you want them to do. Maybe there's sickness in your family or even in your own body. Maybe there's relationship bust-ups or conflict or, or right now you're living through COVID and you're afraid. Friends, if you're living through COVID and you're afraid, let me encourage you to turn that fear into faith. Move from fear to faith. If it's sickness, move from fear to faith. If it's financial difficulty, move from fear to faith and put your trust in God the one who promises to walk beside you if you're a believer, the one who promises to be your provider if you're a believer, the one who is our healer, the one who guarantees us eternal life by putting our faith in Him, the one who is the one who is going to walk beside us and guide us and protect us. He is our God, the one that we worship and the one that we serve. Imagine a church. Imagine a church where every person, a Christian community, where every person, when difficulties come, they didn't get caught in fear or trying to fix problems their own way, but rather they pursue God. They relied on Him. They asked Him to make a way where it seems there is no way. They asked Him to bring breakthrough into their lives. They put their trust in Him. Imagine the 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 increase in faith in people. Imagine the closeness in relationship with God with people. We would be living lives of trust, of surrender, of faith in God, and that would make him very, very pleased, which is going to result in honour and praise and glory for us on the day when Jesus returns. Now, friends, God wants us to live a life of trust, of surrender, of faith in Him. Not just in the difficult seasons, but also in the good seasons. Faith pleases God. Saving faith pleases God. But God wants us to to have faith in Him every moment of every day throughout every season for faith pleases God. For some of you guys, you guys are going through really difficult seasons right now. So I want to pray for you that no matter what season that you're in, that you would choose to trust him. Let's pray now. Father, we thank you for your word from 1 Peter that tells us in life that we are going to have troubles, but these troubles are an opportunity for our faith to be proved genuine and our faith to be refined. Father, there's people who are watching this that are in financial difficulty. Father, may they trust you as their provider. For those who are watching this and are sick, or they got family members or friends who are sick. Father, may we trust you as our healer. Father, that some of us who are watching this are lonely. They've, they've lost loved ones and they're struggling. Father, may they trust you as the one who will come alongside them. He promises to never leave them or forsake them. Father, for those that are fearful around COVID, Father, I pray that they would forget fear and choose to put their faith in you as the God who loves us, protects us, guides us, leads us. Father, through every season of life, when trials come, when suffering comes, Father, we will be people who put our trust in you. In Jesus' name, for every person that's watching, Father, meet them where they're at. Give them the ability to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I've talked about saving faith today. Faith in God starts by firstly committing your life to Him. And that happens by believing who, who Jesus is, that He died on the cross, rose again. It's by recognizing that we've all messed it up and we need forgiveness. We ask God forgiveness to forgive us and then we choose to commit our life to Him. If you want to do that today, if you want to become a Christian, I encourage you to pray this prayer after me. Pray it from your heart, pray it out loud if you want to. God will hear it and you'll be putting your trust in God for eternity. The Bible says that when you put your trust in God, John 3, 16, whoever believes in Jesus will have eternal life. If you want that, pray this prayer with me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that He died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Amen. Well, friends, if you just prayed that prayer, I just want to say that is the best decision that you could ever make. Hey, we want you to let us know that you prayed that. If you're watching online, click on the box, the uh, prayer box. Or go to the uh, New Here page and put your details in because we want to help you on your journey of following Jesus all your days. If you're watching this with someone who you know is a Christian, tell them that you prayed it because they can help you in the journey of living a life of faith. Not just a one-off decision of putting your trust in Jesus, but living a life where you trust Him through every season, the good and the bad. For that is a life that pleases God. Thanks for being part of this. God bless you. Thanks for checking out this message. My name is Andrew and I'm the online campus pastor at LifeGate. And I would like to invite you to join our online community. Here are three ways that you can take that step. First, if you're a new Christian, we have a bunch of resources to help you get started. Second, why don't you make the most of our online campus by joining our online group that meets on Zoom every Wednesday night at 8.15. Third, join our Facebook community to connect with others within our community and be more engaged in the day-to-day. To To take any of those next steps, head to lifegate.org.au online. See you soon. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church Podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers.